Hey everyone, welcome back to Tales of Recovery. This is Gris Alves, your host. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in, and for sharing this podcast. I, uh, I get a lot of really cool feedback and suggestions from you guys. We have some beautiful guests coming up soon as well. More stories of recovering, of taking back the life that was taken from you, um, or that we unconsciously gave away. <laughs> Uh, we don't really have a choice sometimes, depending on where you're born or how little you were. But I think more and more we're beginning to understand that we do have a choice. And the the mantra for today, like the, the word that dropped in today, uh, my morning's meditation, was I understand. I was in a meditation with at a yoga class over there at yoga church in San Diego with Donna. And she was going on the meditation and talking about how sometimes there's really horrible things that happen to you or beautiful things that happen to you. And some are good and some are bad. And the main theme was what is good and what is bad. And we're constantly judging and making decisions of what is good and what is bad and what I like and what I don't like. And what her point was, I think, that you have to understand you go through all these really horrible, difficult times because that's just part of the human experience. But then you under you come through stronger with a different vision, with more acceptance and gratitude, if you have that perspective, correct? Because, because life is perspective. It's everything is how you see it. And the thing is we've been we've been given or passed down lenses of how to see these things. So depending on your culture or your family raised you, your the school or whatever religious beliefs you had, that is the lens that you put on. Those are like the sunglasses that you put on. And that's the way you see things. Unless, you know, you have a different vision of things, which is really cool. But for the most part, I think we have been taught to numb it out or or not listen to that inner voice. And so you have these lenses of perspective of this is good, this is bad, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that, or this was a horrible thing. And um, one of the things she was saying was how she really, really appreciated her ex-husband, even though he was kind of a jerk, but but he, you know, she had this beautiful son with him. She loves her son, and she was able to state and stand there just, yeah, dude, I'm really glad for this guy. I really am glad I met him. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it was horrible right, right now in this moment. And this is, you know, 20 years later, she has this perspective. And some of these things, of course, take time. But as I sat there in the meditation, it's, it, it was sinking in, you know, these, this I understand mantra. Because we've been fed, or I think I've been fed the accept the things you cannot change. Accept this, accept this. And to me, the word accept is, I mean, it's cool when you have to accept, you know, I don't know, something good, right? That you won the lottery, uh, a good thing. But to accept things that you cannot change is kind of like, it kind of sucks, really, dude. It's not easy. Like all this, uh, you know, that, that saying they have in the meetings, like, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can. 
that's very wise. And yes, there's things you cannot change and you have to quote, quote, accept it. Right. But I think it's a deeper, more mysterious, bigger opening of the heart to understand that I understand that all of these rebellious thoughts that I've had since I was born make sense now that all of these, you know, um, the prison systems that I've been fighting, you know, the religious beliefs and these cultural constructs that I thought, oh man, I'm a rep. No, no, no. It all makes sense now. I understand. I understand that all of this hardship, you know, having to go through a time of my life of addiction and then, and then of freedom and then falling back into these religious beliefs because I put on those lenses again, thinking that it was the right thing to do. And then they came back off and all that had to happen, you know, as you have children, you go into this deep, um, very fearful. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's very scary. It's like a whole like shadow journey and oh my God, then they turn into teenagers and you don't know, you know, it's like they're, you're confronting all of the things that you didn't really like about yourself or that you hadn't really worked out yet. And you have to continue to go. It's like you go back and forth with what you really, really know. That's true in your body and in your soul and your spirit. And then on the other side, you're getting these messages of the perspective that you were born with, right? That you were born into, not born with, but born into and and the, the lens is the perspective that your family, that the culture, that the whatever faith you grew up in, whatever uh, language is given to you. And so it's like this whole back and forth until you really step into a discovery of, oh, I understand now there was this struggle of really wanting to listen and then subconsciously wanting to just be, you know, accepted and be a part of and say, okay, fine, fuck it. I'm just going to do, you know, what they say, get the, you know, white picket fence and go to the church and, and, you know, take, tell my child that they have to follow this road as well. The cool thing is that it goes back and forth and you have a time for like a, you know, extraction of these horrible constructs that serve no good. I mean, look at the way the world is going. Look at all this capitalism stuff. And it's, you know, I don't think it's bad to create a business and have money, but we can't be extracting and extracting and extracting without giving back, without creating communities. And all of this is the lens that um, that I don't think many of us were given since we were small. Like we are all a community. You can have many, many mothers, many, many fathers. You can have many aunties and have people come around and help you, not just these two people or maybe just one that don't know what the fuck they're doing and they have this closed off perspective and they don't trust their inner knowing. I, uh, I just read a book um, about motherhood that talks about listening to your inner voice instead of whatever culture says, right? And this chick talks about when she had a baby, it was the 60s. And what was in in the 60s was numbing, medicating. So when she went in to give birth, they completely, you know, they, they dozed her off. She was pretty much asleep. And then also when the baby was born, she didn't even know. They took the baby out and took him to the nursery or whatever. Birth, uh, nursing was not in. 
So she didn't get to nurse the baby. I don't think she even met her baby till like, I don't know how many hours later they brought the baby in. Back then she said, you could not have the baby in your hospital room. And so this is kind of the case that happened with my mother. She was completely asleep when I was born. She didn't nurse this because she said, well, it just wasn't in. So this lady in the book is talking about this. And then she says, and now in the 80s, I see all these mothers nursing their kids in public and walking around and doing their thing. And so she wishes she could go back to the 60s and have a different type of childbirth. You know, like, here's my baby. Give him to me right away. I want to nurse him immediately. So it's like I understand now the struggle of falling into, you know, like my mom fell into these ideas that were going around in the 60s. And she didn't have, I guess, the strength or the power behind her to say, no, 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 screw this. I want a home birth. Because I know there's people in the 60s that were not doing the hospital thing, for sure. But if you're in this matrix and fall into it, well, this... You know, you don't really, you think, well, I guess this is what, it, this is what I have to do. And I do think we need to learn to be more in tune with what our bodies want to do. Um, when I was pregnant, immediately I thought, I want a home birth. I'm going to nurse this child as soon as she's born. I mean, I had all these different ideas. And of course, by then, it, you were supported. There were tons of birthing centers everywhere. I had different... Um, teachers and guides and there was there's midwives and I don't know if those were around in the 60s for the author of this book or for my mom but I know I had a different experience I was able I mean I basically you know grabbed the baby as she was coming out of me this huge miracle what in the world happens when you have a child you immediately start nursing her you know and I was like this is what we're gonna do and I don't care about a crib in the other room you're sleeping with me <laughs> and this it was amazing, like just having her near me. I remember one time when she was really, really tiny. I don't think she was even a month old. And I had read that these babies, when you put them on your stomach, brandly born, can actually kind of wiggle their way up to the breast like a little worm because they know how to get there because they know they're coming for the milk. And I thought, wow, I don't know. But I had her at one point next to me and I saw her wiggling over towards my breast and I'm telling you she wasn't even two weeks old I don't think I was just in awe of what we miss out on if we don't have this awareness of the connection and the wildness of our reality we've been taken out of this beautiful I want to say like savage just like juiciness of our body and put into these like robes like a nun you know and and you can't do this you can't do that and only feed him every every four hours and put the baby in the other room and blah 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 and you can't enjoy this you cannot have pleasure you have to go to this nine to five you have to follow all these rules and and so we get so stripped of so many beautiful things because we don't listen to ourselves we don't have that agency it's like the you know the medicine world right now you go into these doctor's offices they have seven to 15 minutes with you they have no idea how your stress life is how your love life is are you having good sex are you eating good food are you figuring out 
your drama, your relationships. All they say is you have this, here's a pill, boom, let's go, next. And they're feeding people pills and scaring you with operations that might not be necessary. And we have given them so much power. And it's important that we remember that it's your body and you're paying that insurance. You get to tell the doctor what you want. And you can have second opinions and you can go someplace else. You can go to a naturopath. You can try different methods. You can question why are you giving me all these medications? You know, there's there's a, the goodness of this. You know, you break an arm. Fuck yeah, you want to go to the hospital and get some pain meds and have them operate and fix your arm. But walking into the doctor because your pain, your muscles hurt. And, oh, well, it's probably this, this, here's a pill. Instead of like... You know, trying, have you tried, um, I don't know, so many different forms of healing that are available out there. And maybe we don't need to have the doctor tell us. Maybe, we, of course, we need to figure that out. And when we show up to the doctor, tell him, hey, listen, there's this and this method. Well, I don't think that's that's a good idea. And then you switch to another doctor because there are a lot of doctors out there <clears throat> that are actually... Um, integrating older ancestral healings and you know different modalities of body work and trauma healing and massage and ayurvedic stuff you don't have to just go in and be scared and just come out super frustrated you have a choice you have a choice you can take this i understand now that all of these years of rebellion was because i was blocking this choice suffocating it strangling the fucking choice and a lot of times without even knowing it but now we know and now i know and so that's why i'm here we're recovering our life back you have a choice i understand that all of this you know these these prison minds right all these ideas all these thoughts that oh that's it's a bad thing or am i gonna make a fool of myself what are they thinking or this or that it's just hmm we can just observe those thoughts, see where they're coming from, and let them go. And understand. Oh, I understand. A lot of these decisions that I think I need to make are coming from two, three hundred, four hundred years ago. From my grandmother passed it down to the other grandma, to the other grandma, to the other grandma. And then put into whatever is the thing right now in culture and in society. I mean, right now, fear is the big deal, right? Be very afraid. Wear your mask. You're going to get sick. Be very afraid. Stay home. The government, the wars, blah, blah, blah. Yes, we do need to be aware of these things, but we do not need to live in fear because what that does to your body is cause all of this dis-ease. You go to the doctor, they give you all these freaking pills that you don't really need. And so how can we release that fear? You know, tribal dancing, sh you know, shamanic healing, yoga, exercise, talking to people, processing but mostly listening to your intuition you see oh meditation is so hard blah, blah, blah. no it's not no it's not you can sit there and watch netflix for an hour or sit on your phone scrolling through the instagram for an hour without moving so you can actually sit there for an hour without moving All you're going to be is doing is removing that Netflix or that iPhone from you and listening to your breath. And these sensations will begin to come up. 
And it might be uncomfortable at first, or it might be super soothing. But all you can sit there, you can do as you breathe in and out is say, okay, can I understand? Do I, can I, and you can just tell yourself, I understand. Even if you don't, I understand that I have this anxiousness and I need to move because I've been strangling my choices for so many fucking years. Because I've been suffocating my desires because of the what will they say or what should we do. All these, you know, imposed decisions that maybe aren't even in anymore. (laughs) That they were fads and that they're not serving anybody. In the end, you know, what is the use of life if you don't have self-love, self-discipline, self-compassion to sit with yourself and breathe in and out and breathe in and out and really listen and trust um and you know it, it's one of the things that i notice now is i sit with my children they'll walk in or or there's they'll, they'll be having you know a moment of excitement a moment of sadness a moment of whatever and i can sit there and look at them and feel the sensations in my body they don't want me to jump up and tell them what to do. They, they just want me to be there and to listen. But for many years, I tried to fix and jump in. Oh, mom, stop. Blah, blah, blah. And it just broke the connection. And I've realized the most important thing for me, for my kids, is to have connection. For my kids and for anyone that I'm in relationship with. I want to connect in a true heart level. I want to understand where you're coming from instead of judging. Just like Donna said at the beginning of the class, who knows what's good or what's bad. You can sit there, look at a person and be judging and saying, you're so fucking annoying. Why are you talking so much? You're driving really slow. What? Or you can sit there and say, I understand where these judgments are coming from. They're probably what I do to me. It's probably what I heard here and there growing up. But can I just take a deep breath and notice that maybe they're being suffocated too? It's so fucking, it's so easy. It's way, you live way of an easier life when you understand and you let go. And there's, you know, the, the having this autonomy, this, this agency of your own body instead of fear-based um, testing. I mean, these freaking doctors, every six months, come and get a mammogram. Why am I going to get a mammogram? You're just putting radiation on me. Why don't you just do an ultrasound? Well, first you have to have a mammogram. But why? Because if you have a mammogram and they find anything, then you have to go get an ultrasound. So just go straight to the ultrasound. Well, now, no, I really hope you get a mammogram. Yes, of course you do. Because if people are getting mammograms every six months with all that radiation, eventually you are going to get freaking cancer. I mean, just do the ultrasound. Do things that are less invasive. And I do think, I have hope, and I do believe things are going to be turning around. Maybe not in the next 10, 20 50 years, but there is a new earth coming. There is a new consciousness. There's a lot of people that are not taking this bull crap anymore. And standing in community with those that you can trust, with those that understand, is more important now than ever. Because we need to be there for each other without judgment, away from fear, and in true connection. 
You know, I don't think we can connect unless we're connected to ourselves first. Agency over our bodies. Understanding that all of these things that we've been choking away, these, these, the wildness, this pleasure, these, this life that we came to be and, um, and grow in and understand and expand consciousness is ours for the taking. Not in an extraction way, of course. In a conscious way, with compassion, when possible. Because sometimes in this journey, it's, it's intense and it's difficult. And yes, for the life, you just can't fucking have compassion for anyone. And there's, yeah, there's, there's a rhythm to everything. There's seasons to everything. If you're having a hard time, then a month later, you're like, whoa, now you're having a great time. I'm glad I'm not over there anymore. Then you can go help someone else that's still over there. In that, you know, in that journey of sorrow or grief. Because now, guess what? Now you understand what happened over there. A month ago when you were in that puddle of grief and couldn't even get up to make dinner. Awareness is all we need is awareness of when we need help, of, of, of who we truly are, of the choices that we get to make that are our birthright to understand. And maybe that's part of why I don't like the word acceptance because sometimes acceptance means you can't fight anymore. And I'm a rebel at heart because I am a spirit warrior and I all, finally I'm embracing that in the most freedom. I'm telling you, a year ago, five years ago, I would have been like, I get pena, don't call yourself a spirit warrior, you know? But I see what that is now. Que pena, for those that don't speak Spanish, is, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. Don't call yourself that, you know? That's part of the colonial imprint. That's part of saying, you know, that's part of the culture. That's part of the choking. Choking your magic. Well, I'm not going to choke it anymore. I mean, I haven't really been choking it that much, to be honest. But there are parts that I am now, like, this morning when it was in the meditation in the yoga studio with Dana, the tears kept flowing down my eyes because I'm so grateful. I thought, this is so fucking cool. It's like I understand why I have to go. I've had to go through all of this. And it's all fucking beautiful. The good, the bad, the addiction, the breakups, you know, the problems with raising, you know, kids, the beauty of it, my mother's death. The, I mean, all of this shit. All of it's beautiful. The stuff at work. And I'm in these prisons. I've been working in the prisons for like 20 years, in and out, to visit my clients. The prisons suck, man. I think it's one of the worst ideas to have jails. They should have ranches outdoors and, you know, working in the field, allowing the remembrance of co-regulating with the earth and a different type of, I mean, it's just a freaking huge-ass business. But anyway, that's a freaking rabbit hole. What I meant... I'm, what I was talking about is how all, even all the struggle and all the horrible things we see are for our purpose. And if we can perspectively change those horrible glasses that we've been given and just see life for what it is, to understand our part in it, the opportunity to be alive and to process and transmute these things, alchemize it into light, into love, into power, into a warrior for healing for restoring, for remembering, 
who we truly are, to understand what we were, what we came here to do, our purpose during these intense times. I'm sure every human has probably thought that it was an intense time when they were here. But this is our time. You know, we're here in 2021. So we get to do this one and only life right now. <laughs> there might be other lives. I'm sure there are other lives. But for now, to sit with and understand is... It's beautiful because we're dismantling belief systems that that are falling apart. They're falling apart right in front of our eyes. So you don't need to, I don't need to look over here, over there to find answers. We close your eyes, you trust, you breathe, and listen to your body. And understand your power. Your, you know, your break, your greatness. <laughs> If you're not feeling that, of course, man, we ask for help. And there'll be somebody who's a little bit ahead of us that can come around and take us by the hand. So, thanks for listening. I hope this is helpful. Please share, um, subscribe, keep emailing me your thoughts, um, and let's stay connected. This is a cool community here that we're building, and I'm so very grateful for all of you guys that listen. Ashe and aho and blessings, and I'll see you next time on Tales of Recovery.